Well, good morning to you. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Glad to see you. Hope you've had a good week. And again, let me say the Lord's been good to us. You're not in the hospital or worse. Neither am I right now. So the Lord's been good to us. Uh, we've, had, we've had several people go out of town this past week. And we're glad to see them back. Glad to have uh, uh, Brother Chris back. Glad to have uh, Pastor Bell and his wife back. And glad to have my wife back. She uh, was gone most of the week. Uh, somebody asked me, uh, did, you, did you feel the earthquake <clears throat> Friday night? <clears throat> and I said, well... I said I was in a parking lot at the airport waiting on my wife because these airplanes, they don't run on schedule, they just think they do. When they schedule them, you might get out of there and you might not. So I was still in the car and I felt something shaking my car and I thought maybe it was her that she had got in the port and <laughs> gone over there and shaking the car, but it wasn't anybody. So, some, <laughs> so somebody, <laughs> uh, somebody said that, uh, did you feel the earthquake? I said, no. Uh, my car shook. I looked around, uh, and uh, you know, nobody was around me, and so I just deducted that it was a, a, an earthquake, and I guess they said it was, what, a 5.4 up north somewhere, but it did did shake us a little bit, and so I'm glad to have her back, and glad to have all y'all back. We'll be looking in uh, John chapter 18 today. I hope you brought your Bible, <coughs> and we'll turn there with us. <coughs> John chapter 18, and I want to. Uh, I've been on this chapter for a couple of weeks, and maybe Lord's help we'll get through with it today. And uh, but I want us, as a in our class today, to see the beginning of of the suffering of Jesus Christ for me and you. Now, uh, the story are the facts that Jesus came and died for us. The Bible is clear on it, and it tells us how it took place. Uh, well, the things we're going to read, it has to do with how men treated Jesus uh, when, he was, uh, when he was arrested. Uh, he treated Jesus and... So I want us to, to take it as a fact that Jesus not only suffered all that man could, could impute to him, but he suffered at the hand of God. Now when we look at his arrest and his standing before the courts and before Pilate, 
it seems like a, a story that we would read out of the library. But this is much more important than a story we would get out of the library. And, and if I would go uh, very briefly, uh, and I won't turn over there, Acts chapter 2, where Peter was preaching on the day of Pentecost, Peter made this statement to that group of Jews. He said, I know but by the determinate will of God that Jesus was uh, paraphrased that he was bound to be crucified. But you with wicked hands have taken and betrayed the Son of Life. And they did betray him. Judas betrayed him. And the rest of them betrayed him. So the determinate will of God allowed this to happen. But men were involved. It's kind of like depravity. I have people to say, a few people, I wasn't there with Adam and Eve. I didn't make that choice. Well, no, we weren't. But Adam and Eve's choice determined mine and your nature. Uh, it don't matter if we don't like it or not. I mean, you might have brown eyes and you don't like it. What are you going to do about it? You might have red hair and you don't like it. What are you going to do about it? But you've got a nature of sin through Adam, and you can do something about that. See, one preacher preached, if God will, if you will, God will. If you won't, God won't. But I want to get in the lesson this morning, if you'll allow me. I believe I got down to verse 25 in chapter 18. <clears throat> so I will start reading there. It says, Then led they Jesus from Caiaphas unto the hall of judgment, and it was early. And they themselves went not into the judgment hall, lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. Now, isn't that, isn't that something that these religious Jews would not go into the judgment hall so they could eat the Passover? Well, uh, let me ask a question. Did their religion do anything for them? Did their religion get rid of their sin? No, they didn't. But we see them here very meticulously, meticulously and very carefully saying, we don't want to be defiled because we want to eat the Passover tonight. Now, I realize there was requirements to eat the Passover. I understand that. But they are not considering the weightier matters. That's the point I'd like to make on this. Okay, next verse. Pilate then went out unto them and said, What accusation bring you against this man? They answered and said unto him, If he were not a malefactor, we would not 
have delivered him up unto thee. Then said Pilate unto them, Take you him and judge him according to your law. The Jews therefore said unto him, It is not lawful for us to put any man to death. That the saying of Jesus <clears throat> might be fulfilled, which he spake, signifying what death he should die. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again, and called Jesus, and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it thee of me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priest have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. The Lord is telling Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. See, so what does that mean? That means that the Lord's kingdom is a spiritual kingdom. It's a spiritual kingdom. Now, it's going to evolve into a literal kingdom in the thousand-year reign, in the millennial reign. It is going to be a literal kingdom. But right now, it's a spiritual kingdom. See, that's why men do not understand it. It's a spiritual kingdom. And they, and when a man says, I'm a king, they were questioning him, well, who are you king over? See, they expected him to, uh, a king back then. In other words, in my opinion, they were kind of making fun of him by saying, you don't have a kingdom. You don't have a kingdom. But he did have a kingdom. The problem is they didn't see it. That's the problem with a lot of people today. They do not see the kingdom of God. See, that's what the Lord told Nicodemus. See, all right, the next verse. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. And they do. Kind of what Brother Chris alluded to this morning. Everyone that is, that is of the truth heareth my voice. Now, biblical truth is not given to anybody except through Jesus Christ. I mean, we have a Bible, and uh, uh, a lot of people in Oklahoma's got a Bible, and a lot of people don't read it. But what is, so Pilate saith unto him, what is truth? And that is a question that a lot of people ask. What is truth? Well, did not we read over in chapter 17 where Jesus told the Father, Thy word is truth. You see what I mean? And I understand 
Understand, as human beings, we go through life searching for truthful things. We, we try to give our children education so that they will learn the difference between what's true and what's not true. Now, a lot of that in our, in our local schools has really been messed up. And I know that right now in Oklahoma, we're having a battle against uh, uh, people that want to infuse into our schools about changing the gender of a child. You and I know that God prefixed that. And, and, but they are, in my opinion, they are so deranged that they are teaching young people, you might be a girl. Teach a little girl, you might be a boy. How unlearned that is. How unlearned that is. So what is truth? Well, truth is, like I said, what God said about things. And if you want truth, right here it is. Right here it is. God's Word. God, and I said this recently. Let me say it again. This Bible is not all God knows. But this Bible is enough truth for you and I to serve him and to be saved from our sins. See, I mean, I mean, naturally, in a natural state, we don't know that we're sinners in the sight of God. We grow up thinking we're pretty good people, don't we? I mean, most of the time, not every time, most of the time when kids get in the teenage years, they feel like that I'm the center of the universe. And I'm not criticizing you now. I'm just telling you what happens. That happened to me. I'm the center of the universe. But you grow up and you find out you're not. Find out you're not. However, praise God, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believeth. See? So, so you know, really, you and I in our bodies are made of dust. God told Adam after he'd sinned, he said, dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. And that's where we're all going physically. Now, praise God, he created man twice. He created a body. Later, I don't know how much later, he breathed into Adam's nostrils the breath of life, and Adam became a living soul. Now, can I address you this morning and say, my soul and your soul will live somewhere forever. See? Our bodies will go to the grave unless the Lord comes and gets us before, before the time. But your soul is going to live somewhere forever. See? And so what is truth? 
Well, truth is that we're depraved in Adam. See, Adam left me and you an appetite for sin. We did. But Jesus Christ came and we are telling right here about his arrest, the, the beginning of his suffering. And, and, and when I say this, my focus is on Isaiah 53. When he saw the travail of his soul, he was satisfied. And, I, and I'm referenced to Romans chapter 4. Blessed is the man whom the Lord will not impute sin. Ain't that good? When you're saved, you get to a state with God where he does not impute sin to you. Isn't that good? That's why you can't lose it. We got a good, we got a good high priest. This Bible, and it's been taught here over and over and over, this Bible just uh, uh, from Genesis down through the Old Testament, it was the blood of lambs and the blood of sheep, blood of bulls and goats. But the author of Hebrews tells us that the blood of bulls and goats could never take away sin. Well, why did God require it? Because God was getting the human race fixed on the idea of blood atonement. See, now I mean, I mean, when you get back in Exodus and and, and uh, uh, Leviticus, it is really, really important for that those Jews to get those offerings and that blood sacrifice right. In fact. God told Moses, he said, when Aaron goes in that holy for the holies, he better have all the uniform on, and he, ever better, and he better go in there and make an atonement for himself first. I believe if you read that, that's the blood of bulls. Then he comes out, he, uh, he, 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 he kills a goat, and he takes the blood of goats in the holiest of place and offers it for the people. And their sins are rolled forward. See? But, but that not, did not make the comer thereunto perfect as pertaining to the conscience. Right? See? And I've had people say, well, Abraham was saved just like we are. No, he wasn't. <laughs> While Abraham was here on earth, while he was on earth, he wasn't saved at all. See? Now, he was justified. I'm not teaching that Abraham went to hell. He didn't. But he wasn't saved yet. Why? Because the blood of Christ had not been shed for him. And, and, I, and I like to think of it, and I know people tend to, uh, tend to go overboard on their thoughts sometimes, but I don't believe I am. But I like to think of it like this. God is so holy that he wouldn't even let Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob 
although they were justified, he wouldn't even let them in heaven yet. That's why they went to paradise. Rich man Lazarus, where was paradise? A great gulf fixed between Abraham and, and where the rich man was. See? But when Christ went to the, the, the heart of the earth, I believe, and preached to the prisons in spirit, uh, the, the, the spirits in prison, he moved Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all the justified people under the first covenant into heaven. Now then, paradise is in up. Now you know, Mr. Pollard, well, Paul said when he was caught up, up to paradise, not down, up to paradise. See? <clears throat> so, Jesus Christ is arrested and he endures all of this that's going on and it's what in Oklahoma we would call it a kangaroo court. In other words, they framed him from the start. Back to, back to Acts chapter 2. Yes, God, God foreordained that Jesus Christ would suffer. But Peter said, you with wicked hands have taken and crucified the Son of Glory. See? That made men responsible. My sins helped kill Jesus. Your sins helped kill Jesus. You say, well, I don't know about that. Well, wait a minute. <clears throat> As I quote this scripture uh, pretty often, and Brother Bell, it's not the end of a sentence, so forgive me. As is appointed unto man wants to die, and after this the judgment. That's 27 and 28, part of, this, part of the uh, sentence in, in Hebrews chapter 9. So you see, it's appointed to all of us. It's appointed to all of us. So a while ago when I said the nature of man, we're sinners by nature. But, but God, through Jesus Christ, can change your nature. Now, I don't mean your fleshly nature. I mean your inward nature. All right? Okay. I've run enough rabbits. Let's go on. Uh, verse 38, Pilate said unto him, What is truth? When they, and when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews and said to them, I find in him no fault at all. Ladies and gentlemen, could I say to you that this is temporal law speaking. Pilate represents the, the Roman law. And when he said, I find in him no fault at all, Pilate told the truth. The only thing Pilate didn't do, he wasn't determined to let him go. 
or he wasn't determined enough to get it done. And he could have done it. But, you know, we go back to it's the determined will of God that Jesus Christ would suffer. See, and I've already read this in your hearing. The Lord went to Gethsemane and said, Father, if there be any other way, let this cup pass from me. And I said before, let me say again, because when you stuck a nail in his hand, it hurt. Like it would if he stuck a nail in your hand. But he said, nevertheless, thy will be done, not mine. So God, his determinate will, said, not in the Bible, but the message was there, no, you've got to go to Calvary. Why? So me and you could go free. So me and you could go free. You see, and I've tried to lay a groundwork for this. God honored blood atonement. Now man didn't invent that. God told Moses that. In fact, they were offering blood atonement back to the time of Abel. Abel offered blood. And God honored Abel and his offering, right? But under Cain, God was not pleased. And can I say this as we pass by there? God addressed Cain and said, If you do well, shall thou not be accepted? See, God preached to Cain the truth. But Cain's nature took hold, and he didn't seek, he did not seek blood atonement, but he killed his brother. He thought getting rid of a righteous man, I guess, now the only choice God's got is take is to choose me. But God didn't do it that way. Cain was Cain was thrown out. In fact, Cain wound up in the land of Nod. The land of Nod, as far as we know, nobody in the land of Nod ever got a calling from God. It was a land where God did not deal with people. As far as we know, as far as we know, Cain, Cain and all of his descendants, just on and on and on, all right, I must go on. I find in him no, no fault at all. Let me run a, run, let me run a reference on that to Acts chapter 5, and you might turn there with me if you want to. Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5, I'm sorry, chapter 3. Would you let me change it? Chapter 3, verse 12. Acts chapter 3, verse 12. Now this is Peter preaching when he and John went up to the temple to pray. 
Look at verse uh, verse twelve. Let me uh, let me let me go back to eleven so I get you. And as the lame man which was which was helped healed helped Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look you so earnestly on us, as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the God of our fathers, has glorified his son Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. And you denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and kill the prince of the life whom God had raised, whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. So Peter is using these that this situation to <clears throat> to remind the Jews that they chose to kill Christ even after Pilate had, let, had agreed to let him go. <clears throat> That's why we know that it was a sham trial. See, when the governor says. I find no fault in him at all. Now, if we should go to Matthew's gospel and read this occasion, we find that Pilate even said, I'm going to wash my hands with water before you to show you as a proof that I'm innocent from this man's blood. But can I say to you folks, Water does not wash away sin. Pilate was not totally exonerated when he did that. He was making a true statement, but he was not exonerated because he allowed politicians to change his mind. When they clamored, crucify him, crucify him, and Pilate even made the statement, why? What hath he done? And they said, if you do not crucify this man, you're not a friend of Caesar. And that clicked his button. And he said, okay, take him. And Pilate scourged him. Can you imagine that? When Pilate said, he's not guilty, he scourged him which is another proof that he was not innocent of the blood of Christ. I mean, Pilate's thought was, this is a one Jew, I'll let the people kill him because he's just a common Jew, we're Romans, we're above all this, and nothing will ever become of it. I'm sure that Pilate found out before he died that something did become of it. And one preacher preached on this, and he said, look what Pilate did 
with Jesus. And this preacher said, what will you do with Jesus? See, in our lifetimes, can I say this as your friend? In our lifetimes, we make a choice. See, now you say, well, can I choose to be saved? You choose to seek God. In fact, the Bible says it's our duty to seek God. See, seek God. Seek Him with all your might. Don't let it just be something like Disney World or Disneyland. Well, it's just in that Bible, and, and I don't know if it's true or not. The Bible is true. And, and I'm saying this morning, you need to seek the Lord if you don't know him. Jesus Christ came to seek and to save sinners. One preacher preached, a seeking sinner and a seeking Savior gets together pretty quick. So can I leave this with you this morning? Don't be like Pilate. Don't say, well, I think he was a good man, but I'm not going to have nothing to do with him. Don't have that attitude. You must seek the Lord Jesus Christ in order to be saved because God made him a sacrifice at Calvary for my sins and your sins. And can I repeat it? When he saw the travail of his soul, God was satisfied. That is really, really, really important. What did God see for my sin? What did God see for your sin? See, now you, Jesus will pay for your sins if you trust him or you'll have to pay for them. That's what the Bible gives us a choice. Jesus will pay for your sins or you'll have to pay for them. You say, well, how do men pay for it? They go to hell and pay on it and pay on it and pay on it. They never get it paid. See, I will repay, saith the Lord. And he will. See, if we don't repent and come to Christ in this life, you'll pay on your sin debt forever and ever and ever. I'm not mad at you. I'm just telling you that's what this book says. See, the, the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever, and they had no rest day or night. That's what the book said in Revelation. I read it this week. So I'm appealing to you, if you don't know the Lord, please seek him with all your might. And I thank you for listening to me this morning. I'm out of time. Hope and pray that this lesson hadn't been too scattering for you. And I hope and pray that you will seek the truth and you will seek Christ if you don't know him as your Savior.